DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teaching about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of seven books published by the Crossroad Publishing Company on the spiritual teaching of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life. What am I to do? The discernment of God's will in everyday decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. In our last episode, we kind of left with a cliffhanger. We were talking about the importance of laying the good foundation, having that foundational relationship with God. And it really led into the next phase, which was the disposition. Sure. Once the foundational relationship is there, I know that God loves me eternally and so deeply uh, that something in me now wants to respond. What do you want? Then the next issue that we face, just following St. Ignatius, but he's simply following what happens in the in human experience, is that if we really want to be able to discern what God wants in the kind of choices we talked about several conversations ago, where they're, they're matters of significance, where all the options are good and we're free to choose them, vocation, career, and the rest, then in order to be able to discern The essence of the preparation consists in seeking from the Lord a disposition of heart which says like Mary, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, behold the servant of the Lord, let it be done to me according to your will. A heart which is completely available to either the one option or the other, and only needs to know from the Lord which option the Lord wants, and that heart will embrace it. Now, I think it's easy enough to, um, or we can quickly imagine as we uh, we hear that said, that this may not always be easy. Many of the struggles in discernment revolve precisely around the quest, the search, seeking from the Lord the grace of this kind of disposition of heart. We had quoted last time we spoke the experience of this young woman and her Ford Escort driving home from work when she is struggling between marriage and religious life, experiences uh, very powerfully the Lord's love for her. That's the foundation, said with reverence, and then very easily finds her heart saying, whatever you want, Lord, whatever you want, Lord. That's the gift of the disposition of heart that we need for discernment. And actually, I like to quote that experience for uh, among many reasons because it's evident in this young woman's experience that achieving, which isn't quite the, white word, quite the right word, but we'll use it for the moment, gaining, let's say, that disposition of heart is more a work of God's grace than it is a product of human effort. We do need to pray. We do need to use the spiritual means that the Church offers us. But most deeply, everything about discernment and including the disposition of heart, of, of just complete availability to the Lord, really is a gift of the Lord's grace in our hearts. 
which lightens the burden, so to speak, of discernment. It's the Lord who's going to do it, really. Our part is, as Ignatius always says, to dispose ourselves to receive that gift from the Lord. I'll quote one sentence from a reminiscence of his vocation that the late Cardinal John Foley wrote some years ago uh, before his death. He was the cardinal who was so involved in media in uh, in the church. Wonderful man who did wonderful work throughout his long service to the church. And he remembers uh, Christmas of the, his senior year in high school. And the Christmas dinner had finished. And when the meal was over, he went back down to the parish alone and knelt in front of the manger there in the church and just thanked God for the many things that God had given him the gift of his life, the, the wonderful family he had, his education. And then I'll quote his words. I said to Jesus that I wanted to give it all back to him. I thought I was being generous, but it was God who was being generous with me. Now you can hear in his words that this is a heart that is disposed. This is a heart that is ready. This is a heart that really only needs to know what the Lord wants, which vocation the Lord wants of him. And this man is going to say yes Again, that's the disposition of heart. Along the way toward um, gaining from the Lord the gift of that disposition of heart, St. Ignatius himself experienced in a very deep way the power of the sacrament of confession, of reconciliation. Uh, We've said in earlier conversations how until he was 30, he was kind of an Augustine, really. He was pretty far from the Lord uh, and in some pretty serious ways, too, during those years in his life. And then after he had that conversion experience on his convalescent bed, he set off riding across Spain on a mule and went to the Benedictine monastery in Montserrat, not far from Barcelona, in eastern, northeastern Spain, and spent three days there preparing and then making a life-changing confession. And in that confession, experienced the power that the sacrament of confession can have to move our hearts toward the disposition of complete availability to God. Because really, the deepest obstacle to that disposition, to complete availability to whatever the Lord wants, spiritually speaking, the deepest obstacle is sinfulness in any of its forms. And the freer our lives become from sin and sinfulness, the purer, the holier, the closer to God our lives become, the freer from that spiritual obstacle we become the more ready, the more disposed we are to discern. So that Ignatius learned that along the way in preparing toward discernment, really any kind of discernment, but above all when it's a matter of significance, that the the search for an increasing freedom from sinfulness in our lives is powerful in preparing our hearts to hear and then accept God's will. Um, That's why in his spiritual exercises, the first significant stage of the spiritual exercises uh, is a stage in which Ignatius offers us a series of spiritual exercises or prayer exercises that we can do to open our hearts, to dispose our hearts, to receive that kind of freedom from sinfulness, to to allow ourselves to be deeply loved by the Lord in the places where our hearts may be most wounded and most in need of that kind of healing. And there is enormous strengthening that comes through that. I came across an account uh, some years ago of 
a man, young man who was facing his vocational discernment and decided to make the Ignatian exercises and was understandably a, a little afraid of this first stage of the spiritual exercises where we bring our failure, we bring our sinfulness to the Lord and seek his healing, seek his love, seek his forgiveness. And then found to uh, his surprise, uh, kind of amazement really, that's his word, it amazed him to find that in openly bringing to the Lord these places of hurt, of woundedness, of sinfulness, of failure in his life, he found himself loved in a way he would have never imagined possible. And then he wrote this sentence, knowing myself as a sinner who is loved to the death by Jesus Christ, which is a beautiful phrase. A sinner, the just man falls seven times a day. All of us need to ask God's forgiveness. But the burden is lifted when we experience ourselves as loved to the death by Jesus Christ right there in our lives. And he says, that experience gave me the freedom to offer myself to be whatever the Lord wanted me to be. Where this is said very clearly, that as that obstacle is healed by the Lord's love, as we bring that openly, sincerely, and with great humble, confident trust in the Lord. And we are loved by the one who loved us unto death to free us from that burden. Then a freedom arises in our hearts. The disposition awakens within our hearts to be, as he says, whatever the Lord wanted me to be, to accept whichever alternative in the choice the Lord wishes of me. Now, Ignatius is speaking on the spiritual level. But I think for a moment at this point, when we're talking about possible obstacles uh, from within, from within ourselves, on the path toward discernment, that given the way things are in our culture today, though this would be true in any time, but all the more in our culture today, it's valuable for us to at least say something about healing even from human wounds, from emotional or psychological wounds that we might carry. Unfortunately, I mean, we're all well aware of it, that our culture is a culture which increasingly hurts its children in ways that would not have been so prevalent some decades ago with all the struggles that are there in families and in schools and in so many environments and situations that young people will go through in many cases as they go through those earlier years and at any point in life, really. We can reach the point where we want to discern God's will in a choice of some significance and be aware to some degree that there are simply emotional burdens that we may carry. There's no shame in any of this. They're just situations where we've been hurt in our lives and oftentimes through no fault of our own. But we carry the, the hurt, the anxiety, the, um, the fear sometimes, the struggle to share our interior world Sometimes simply the struggle even to commit, to make commitments, if that has not been modeled well in our lives. It may be helpful for us if there are significant emotional burdens of this kind, which can weigh on the freedom to simply be able to say yes to the Lord, to seek the means of healing that our culture also, and this is a great blessing, provides for us today in ways that would not have been so available even some decades ago. Uh, among these would be the various helps that medicine can offer, the various helps that sound psychology can offer, so that if we could speak with a, um, a professionally well-trained counselor or psychologist, 
ideally one who shares our own faith in Christ, or minimally at least has great reverence and respect for that. That kind of process sometimes can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful thing when you see a person who is using at the same time the spiritual means which help toward healing, so the sacrament of confession and prayer and all the other means that we have, and if necessary and as helpful, the human means, the emotional, psychological, medical means, which can help heal any wounds in our humanity. That kind of person is really solidly moving toward the disposition which will make, dis- which will make discernment increasingly possible. We'll return in just a moment to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. This is Chris McGregor. The work of discerning hearts could not continue without your prayers and support. Please consider making a tax-deductible gift. Click Donate at either DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue our podcast for those on the discerning journey. Thank you and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher. One final thing needs to be said, and this is really very important. Whenever we approach this piece of the journey toward discernment, which is healing from spiritual, and as they may be present, even human obstacles toward the disposition which permits discernment, Sometimes people can feel that choices they've made earlier in their lives, um, maybe their mistakes, 
that they've made choices that they would never make again if they could do it over again. Choices that have had painful consequences in various ways in their lives and maybe for others as well. Sometimes people can feel as though the door, the door to following God's will got shut at that point in their lives. It's too late. I made a choice. I can see now it wasn't the choice that the Lord would have wanted from me in that particular circumstance. I've strayed from the Lord's will at that point in my life, and it's never going to be possible again in the same way for me to discern God's will and to do it. And if this kind of burden is present in our hearts, it can weigh very heavily uh, when we approach a further discernment of God's will in our lives. If any of us feels that, then it is absolutely important for us to know that there is never anything we can do. There is nothing we can ever do that will stop the mercy of God from working in our lives. The most powerful example of that goes right back to the very origins when humanity made its worst mistake in our first parents in the garden with the Lord. And all the terrible consequences that came from that for them and through them for the human race. And yet, the Church looks back on that on Holy Saturday and sings, O Happy Fault. And striking, strikingly, um, O Necessary Sin of Adam, O Necessary Sin, that's worth a long meditation when our hearts are burdened, O Necessary Sin of Adam that merited so, so great a Redeemer, that a greater good came into the world because of that choice than would otherwise have come into the world. The Word became flesh, and God lived among us, bringing salvation into the world. So that God's mercy, and this is what mercy really means, as Pope John Paul II explained it in his encyclical on mercy, that is, that God enters into situations of failure, of weakness, of sinfulness, of human limitation, where things have not gone in the way that they should have gone or could have gone, God enters into those situations not only with infinite compassion and love for those who bear those burdens, but with the additional gift of bringing out of that situation a greater good than otherwise could have happened. So we just need to say this very clearly at this stage of our reflection on discerning God's will. It is never too late. The path towards God's will is always open because there is nothing, as I said, that we can ever do that can stop God's mercy from being active in our lives and leading us toward Him and toward holiness. It's really quite a wonderful gift that we have in relationships that are built with pastors, with spiritual directors, with spiritual friends that can also encourage us to seek out those type of helps. It's so blessed that we're not alone in, the, mm-hmm. in this journey, which is the deep reason why Jesus founded a church. And that's, that's the heart of, of, of why he blesses us to be a member of a church, so that we're not meant to be alone on this spiritual journey, in our case in discernment, but in anything in our lives as disciples of Christ, but we're meant to be for each other instruments of God's grace. And you just mentioned, Chris, a number of the ways in which we can do that for each other. Uh, A priest in a parish, a spiritual director, friends in the Lord, groups uh, to which we belong and where we strengthen each other 
in, in living our faith. That actually leads us very nicely into the next consideration along this reflection on discerning God's will. Mm-hmm. How do we move toward that dis- disposition of heart, which is really the key in permitting us to discern God's will? Thankfully, we're not just left alone, you know, as it were, to pull ourselves up by our own spiritual bootstraps somehow and, and get ourselves there. Mm-hmm. But in asking us to seek the grace of that disposition of availability in preparation for discernment, the Lord also, through his church, offers us a series of spiritual means which help us to move toward that disposition of heart. The first and deepest of these is the, is the Holy Eucharist. If you look at uh, St. Ignatius' own life, and you look at the times when he himself was discerning God's will, you'll always find that the Eucharist is right at the center of his discernment, of his process of discernment. Um, those months that he spent in Manresa after that life-changing confession, the time in which he was discerning his own vocation, and the time in which he really wrote the, the bulk of the spiritual exercises, was a time in which he was before the Eucharist twice a day. Every morning he would go to, to Mass, so daily Mass was key to his prayer in those months. And in the evenings he would go back to one of the churches where the, uh, the canons or the priests or, or the religious, whoever staffed this particular church, would gather for the singing of evening prayer or vespers, as it was called, in his time. So that twice a day the Eucharist was a part of his prayer. It was absolutely central to his prayerful search for discernment. Later in life, we, we watch St. Ignatius going through an important discernment for which he decides to set aside about 40 days. And the key moment for his prayer on each of these days is his celebration in the morning of the Eucharist. He continues to pray throughout the day, seeking the Lord's light. But the key moment which he notes every day in his spiritual diary is his celebration of the Mass and just what stirs in his heart during that time. In the spiritual exercises, as he crafted those to help those who were facing discernments of God's will, you see the same elements. He asks that person to um, participate in Mass every day, and then also the uh, the singing, or whatever the circumstances may, may be now, the uh, praying of the Liturgy of the Hours later in the day. I was struck to notice when I did the series of interviews, which were one of the preparatory steps toward writing the book on discerning the will of God, that inevitably, as you listen to these men and women talk about any serious discernment um, of any significant issue, sooner or later, and generally sooner, they would mention the Holy Eucharist. Um, You'd see them start to say things like, um, at that point I began to go to Mass uh, daily or some days of the week, or at that point I started spending time in adoration before the Blessed Sacrament. I started making visits to the Blessed to the Blessed Sacrament. But inevitably, you would find the Eucharist coming to the fore along the way of preparing to discern. And there's something fundamentally right about that, because the Eucharist simply is Christ. 
And the closer we get to Christ, who is the light of the world, the more light we're going to have in our discernments. I'll quote just one sentence from one young woman who speaks about her vocational discernment. And at this point, she found herself getting into the habit of stopping by the Blessed Sacrament each night in the college chapel. And she says, quote, I begged and begged, but I noticed my earnest pleadings being transformed into, not my will, but thine be done. What happens as this young woman spends time before the Blessed Sacrament day after day, as the, the weeks and months of her discernment process go by, is that her, her begging, what she calls my earnest pleadings, please, Lord, give me an answer, give me clarity about your will, that the begging is increasingly transformed into not my will, but thine be done, which is, in Jesus' own words, the ideal description of the disposition that prepares us for discernment. If we do this when we face us any significant process of discernment, we're going to find something of the same happening in our own experience. That prayer will gradually transform our hearts. Gradually, our hearts will become more and more open, more and more available. And gradually, the clarity that we need will take shape within us uh, as we go through the process of discernment. If there are any of us facing discernments of significance, and I, I keep saying of significance because that's what Ignatius is talking about in his spiritual exercises, but these principles apply across the board to everything in our lives. If there are any of us facing situations in which we need clarity from the Lord about his will, we can do nothing better than to explore how it might be possible for us to be present with the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, whether through Mass at some point or frequently or regularly throughout the week, or through visits for Eucharistic adoration, just praying before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. That will enormously bless any process of discernment. That's the first and most central spiritual means that St. Ignatius holds up for us when we're facing a time of discernment. Father Gallagher, there is such a richness, as you've just said, to the gift of the Eucharist that's given to us, but there are many other wonderful ways as well that help us draw closer to be able to make that proper discernment, aren't there? There are, and each strengthens the others. There's a beautiful complementarity among them. Mm -hmm. And when we pick up this conversation, our next time we'll move forward into other of those elements. Um, sacred scripture and, and getting to know Jesus through regular prayer in the Gospels. The role of silence in discernment. We're, we're listening to a still small voice, and we'll discuss a bit about that. Spiritual directions, guidance, so that we're not alone, especially with these more important decisions. Learning to review spiritual experience. We'll go through a number of these uh, the next time we talk. I can't wait. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. You're very welcome, Chris. You've been listening to What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor.
We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for What Am I to Do? The Discernment of God's Will in Everyday Decisions with Father Timothy Gallagher.